Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country. He has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head. He cannot meet this moment. He simply cannot be who we need him to be for us. It is what it is. <laughs> what is up, party crashers? This is your host, Jerry Jones. Welcome to The Uninvited. However you found us and what, wherever you found us, I am so glad you did. Do me a favor, will you? Please rate us, review us, and subscribe so you don't miss another one of these episodes. Um, hey, if you can, give us a five-star rating. The five-star rating really feels like love. And a four-star rating, I don't know. It kind of feels like probably how President Trump felt like coming off the airplane the other day, trying to hold Melania's hand. Uh, that doesn't feel good. And no one really wants to be there. But I'm going to tell you right now, you know what really feels good to me? Um, it feels really good to be... Uh, I, I don't know. You, you may have figured this out already. But it feels really good for me to be a Democrat. It's a... I got to tell you, the last couple of days have been amazing for Democrats. And we're used to feeling good around this time of, of the year, at least, you know, during election cycles. And, you know, we're, we're used to being let down. But for right now, damn it, it feels really good. Um, obviously, the, the voice that you heard uh, in the beginning was uh, the greatest first lady of all time. Michelle Obama just I can we just can we just talk about I want to I want to talk about the first couple days of the convention but I, I really want to the Democratic National Committee convention um, that has been happening online can I just say first of all this online experience is way better than the BET Awards online um, there I, I don't believe there'll be a Megan the Stallion uh, tribute to Black Power, and then you know just. But uh, First Lady Michelle Obama. Uh, I I don't even I don't even I don't even know what to say, except to say that I actually I think she's a better public speaker than her husband, who is a phenomenal. Speaker, and I think it's because um, First Lady Obama um, doesn't do nearly as much public speaking now uh, as she did when she was out stumping or you know being with the president. But when she does, you do you all remember? Some of you are old enough to remember. Um, there are these commercials uh, for this investment firm called E.F. Hutton. And the whole thing, the whole shtick with the commercial was that there'd be a whole bunch of folks, usually mostly white men, um, in a room and they're kind of talking back and forth and they're having kind of like visibly, I don't want to say heated conversations, but they're really kind of into the conversation. And then this older gentleman will start to talk and then everyone gets quiet. Like you could hear a pin drop. And the whole ad campaign was when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. And I feel like that is where 
Michelle Obama is. When she speaks, we all listen. It, to me, is not possible to tune her out. Um, I've talked about this before. Her book, Becoming, if you haven't read it already, or even if you have, I highly recommend the audiobook. Um, her new podcast on Spotify. But the speech she gave on Monday, um, it's now Wednesday at the time of recording, the speech she gave on Monday was phenomenal. And there was that seminal moment that we just listened to. Um, and if you all remember, uh, Donald Trump did an interview with the uh, British reporter from Axios. Am I saying it right? Axios. And having a very heated conversation about COVID and COVID response. And the president infamously said, it is what it is. Um, and so for Michelle Obama, I mean, it was masterful. Um, I like to speak publicly. And of course, of course, her husband, you know, on a whole different stratosphere, right? And and she's right in that same stratosphere uh, with him and other great speakers. Um, but the way she walked us up to that moment, it's almost like she was walking America to this place. And then we get to this place, we see Donald Trump's presidency and legacy standing on the plank, on the edge of the plank, with nothing but ocean beyond where the president's failed leadership stands. So she walks us to this moment. And when she says the words, you know, he is the wrong person to be president. He has had ample opportunity. He basically saying he doesn't have it. And when she says it is what it is, it was as if she just had to give him a little nudge and his complete, utter failure of leadership was being pushed off the plank. It was beautiful. It was masterful. I, and I have to say, I don't think I've ever seen shade thrown so masterfully um it was like watching a perfect game in baseball it really was um she's the greatest first lady we've ever had um it's gonna be pretty tough pretty tough um to top her and and i have to say you know it was awesome that this happened on the first night but no one can really follow that right how do you follow that um how do you go on after beyonce i i really don't know how you did that um pearl jam has been able to do that pearl jam is probably one of the, the few acts who can actually uh go after beyonce um but uh but other than that i don't know i don't know how how you do that um Dr. Jill Biden spoke on Tuesday. And I got to tell you, I didn't, you know, I didn't really know the whole story behind how uh, Dr. Biden and Joe Biden met. Um, 
but for I mean, she's this woman's like a saint. And um and first of all, isn't it amazing you just you you see the Obamas and you see the Bidens and you all you're thinking is relationship goals, right? Um but that she came in and that family the Biden family was just broken. Like, and when Joe last night really talked about it, and you could kind of see him kind of wailing up as he's talking about her after her really, really good speech. Um, and if you judge it, not against Michelle Obama, but on its own merit, it was a fantastic speech. Um, and the fact, I didn't realize that she kept teaching as, as the second lady. I had no idea. Um, but when Joe talks about like he put us, you know, she put us back together. It's clear that she did. Um, what a phenomenal person. Uh, it's, it was funny to hear her sisters um, talking about Jill and her taking on a bully because I immediately fast forward to the campaign when there were a couple of people who tried to storm the stage when, when Joe was talking and Dr. Biden, and I think it was uh, one of her sisters, kind of, and and um, uh, Simone Sanders uh, from from his campaign, like the three of them, like it was like watching like a triple threat WWE match. I mean, they were not having it, you know. Um, I mean, and again, it, actually, I feel like that moment really captured you know, kind of the heart and soul of the Democratic Party. That if the Democrats are to take the White House, it will be women that lead us there. Uh, I think we we know that as, you know, obviously black women. Um, can I just say real quick, um, there was, where was she from? North Carolina. I don't know if, you, I don't know if you saw um, the nomination process last night, which apparently, um, some people were confused about the convention. A lot of people were shocked that AOC um, nominated Bernie Sanders, but it, it's a convention and Bernie had delegates. So because Bernie had delegates, um, the delegates have to make a nomination and AOC is a Bernie delegate. Obviously Bernie is supporting um Biden, Bernie, Bernie did a good job on Monday, by the way. Um, I just wish he could have given that kind of speech for Hillary in 2016. That would have been nice. Would have been nice to see old Bernard um, supporting uh, women the way he supports men and the way women support him. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if Bernie supported women the way women support Bernie? That we get to that point um that would be that would be awesome uh, i really like the format of 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 the of the of the convention um it uh even Long eva longoria did a really fantastic job on monday and tracy ellis ross did just as an amazing a job um last night hosting this and it was like they get you in and they get you out, which for Democrats to limit how much a Democrat 
can talk, I mean, you're listening to one, right? So to figure out how to, to get the Democrats to not say so much is a chore. And so if there's any, any silver lining to a compromise convention because of COVID, it's the fact that we are spared from really lengthy and really bad speeches. Like Chuck Schumer had like five minutes. Tom Perez had about five minutes. And that's really about all. All they really need, right? I mean, is there anyone less inspiring than Chuck Schumer? I mean, and I know I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the thing that Democrats do. Democrats love to... I, I First of all, can I just say I appreciate you non-Democrats who are uh, who are, are still listening. Um, but just for those of you who aren't Democrats, uh, one of the things that Democrats love to do, we love to eat our own and we love to um, criticize our own. But God forbid if... Now, I say I talk trash on Chuck Schumer, right? And I, 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 I feel like that Nancy has to... Have, has to spoon feed him everything right and then i i just feel like god bless tom perez man but i just man i'm like i i just wish that the the democratic establishment would recognize the future in the now of the democratic party and i, I feel like the establishment in some ways is always trying to undermine the up-and-comers uh but I will give credit to the establishment, especially to Speaker Pelosi. Um, she has really held it down. It'll be interesting to see if she keeps her pledge of stepping down as Speaker if she were to win her next term, because that was part of the agreement. But with us not really knowing who the president's going to be, possibly that night, uh, or even that month, or even... <laughs> We could be going into January with the idea that 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 Speaker Pelosi, assuming the Democrats keep the House, um, could actually be president for a little while until um, until all of that's figured out. And I figure that this is the point where all of the non-Democrats have officially jumped off the pod, <laughs> because I, I would imagine. I would imagine um, that would be a, a, a scary, a scary sight. Um, but the first two nights of this uh, have been spectacular. Uh, I really loved, um, obviously, Bruce Springsteen. Um, anytime he's on with the Rising, I thought Maggie Rogers was great. Um, if you haven't listened to Maggie Rogers, um, just go to Spotify or wherever you stream music. Um, and 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 give her give her a listen um i would also recommend you buy the music if you could um i know a lot of us seem to think that that musicians just because they're on spotify um that they're making money they're not really making a lot of money off streaming where they make their money is um purchasing um the music so if you could um you could do that all right here's the thing here i'm for the first time ever I probably should have said this at the top. Uh, I am going to do my first ever commercial um, for for the show. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short commercial break 
and we'll be right back on the uninvited hey party crashers you know i told you i was gonna do a commercial but it's not really a commercial it's really more of a uh, of a reminder really that uh we are just a few weeks out a little bit more than 10 weeks away from the election and i just want to encourage you to be sure that you've got a plan uh to vote like um you know if you're going to vote by mail or if you're going to do absentee, however you decide to do it, make sure you've got a plan. And hey, how about this? How about you just go to whenweallvote.org and you will find out everything you need to know. If you, if you haven't registered, figure out how to get registered. If you want to know where your polling place is or how to order a ballot, go to whenweallvote.org. As the First Lady said on Monday, vote as if your life depends on it. So again, whenweallvote.org. Thank you. And let's get back to the show. So um, apparently not everyone uh, was thrilled uh, or as thrilled about um, the First Lady's speech as I was. Um, I'm not sure most of you probably live in the bubble kind of like me right where i'm in that msnbc bubble if if they didn't say it on msnbc i probably didn't hear it unless of course it was on npr uh or pbs or in the new york times um and sometimes cnn i have you know cnn has their moments um i i, I really like chris cuomo um it it didn't look good for him in the beginning um with with his covid but he's he's made a he's made a full he's made a full recovery um and so obviously MSNBC was over the moon they were high-fiving each other um kind of like we were CNN also I'm sure pretty ecstatic um Brit Hume of uh of Fox News fame however not really a fan of uh, of First Lady Obama. He uh, was quoted as saying pretty much something to the effect that he found um, Dr. Jill Biden to be rather likable. And uh, I don't have the tweet in front of me because, you know, it's me. Uh, but essentially saying that Michelle Obama came off as being angry. Um. And, you know, I, I wanted to just write it off as, you know, Brent Hume being racist. Like, I mean, it feels very much like something that someone who might be racist, say, or someone and, and probably someone who is not at all aware of their privilege um, saying such a thing. Um and it just made me think about um, what I've been reading. Um, uh, Isabel Wilkerson, I'm not sure if you are familiar with, with her work. Um, she used to be a writer for the New York Times. And she wrote uh, what I considered to be the seminal book on, um, on the great migration of black people from the South. Um, to the north and to the west, 
uh, United States fleeing Jim, a Jim Crow South. Um, she's just published a new book called Cast, C-A-S-T-E, um, Cast, The Origins of Our Discontent. Um, it is a phenomenal read. I'm still reading it. Um, I don't read as fast as some of the, some of my Twitter friends do. Some of my Twitter friends read it in two days. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, I think that it just takes me a while to, for things to sink in. I read like 10 pages and I have to stop and ponder, but cast and, and essentially her thesis is, um, that racism in America operates as a um, operates within the context of a caste system and a caste system is basically where um, you favor a system that um, that values um, certain groups of people over others right so I think a lot of us and she makes the case and she really follows three caste systems probably the one that we are I, I hate to use the word familiar with because I don't we're not at all truly familiar those of us who haven't studied studied it or, or spent any significant amount of time um, in India. Uh, but uh, the one that most readily probably comes to mind is the caste system. If you've seen um, Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire, I mean, I think that's where we get, or Gandhi, that's where Americans get all of their education. And we think all of India is either a slum or they live in a palace, right? Um, but the caste system in India, um, looking at Nazi Germany, as a caste system where clearly um, Jews were the subordinate um, people and the blonde hair, blue eyes, the Aryans were uh, the, the dominant culture and really looking at America as, as a caste system, which it is. Um, and she, she, she creates a thesis and, and, and is doing a really good job of making her case. Um, in that the, obviously in our caste system, the subordinate, um, people are, are black people and no understanding that race is a social construct. Race is something that, that we invented that our, our brand of our racism, racism as America knows it is uniquely American. Um, it is our, oh, man, um, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of trouble in saying this, but it, our, our cottage industry is something that is uniquely American is racism. And our form of slavery um, is uniquely American. Um, and in fact, uh, <laughs> what you're going to see is that the caste system of racism in America was quite informative um, for Nazi Germany. Um, but to the point when I read Brit Hume's statements again, it, it, it really was more of an example of, wow, like he, he could look at Michelle Obama as being angry and he can look at Dr. Biden as someone who's more likable. Um, and, and these two people. Are, are, are very good friends. These people are both driven and fighters and uh, committed to improving the quality of life for the people around them. 
Um, but he could see them totally different. And it's based on not, not that he is like this flaming racist. I don't know Brit Hume. Um, but because we operate with all of us within the caste system that drives home that white is better than black, right? That in a system that says when we go outside the norm of how the caste system sees us, that disrupts the order. Because the caste system is all about order, right? Um, and so saying black lives matter is contrary to the construct of, within the caste system that says, no, no, no. The caste system says that you're subordinate. Our caste system in our history and all of, all of our uh, experiential evidence and how we've treated you suggests that your life doesn't matter, which is why some people cannot bring themselves to say, Black Lives Matter in the same way that a caste system uh, will promote just as equally a dangerous um, scenario as as kind of um, kind of direct interpersonal racism, which is white saviorism. White saviorism can only exist in a caste system like the one that we have. Right. So Brit Hume is really following the norm of the caste system. He sees Michelle Obama as angry. He sees Dr. Biden as likable. Um, but you can flip that around just as easily. Um, and, you know, and say, you know, you have people like, oh, you know, like you have the white saviors, like, oh, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, but instead of following and listening to black people, um, what was her name? Rachel Dalazal. I'm saying her name wrong. She had the white savior complex, right? Um, and oh gosh, Emily's gonna kill uh, because uh, we uh, Emily Brown. Shout out to Emily Brown. Emily Brown, uh, founder and executive director of the Food Equality Initiative. Um, this, I know it sounds like a sidebar, but it, it is going somewhere. Um, it's the, it's the, it was the nation's first ever food pantry dedicated to individuals and families, um, with food allergies. So she founded this thing in, in 2014. Can you believe that before 2014 that this, this didn't, didn't even, didn't even exist? Um, so, um, she created it, um, check her out. Um, I believe it's food equality initiative.org. Um, Emily can fact check me, um, on that. Uh, the reason why I, I bring up, uh, Emily's name is that we, um, were kind of conversing on online about the New York times series. Did you all know? It maybe I'm just late to the game. Um, you know, I've, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately because I, I want to, I actually want to listen to what a real podcast is supposed to sound like. So I've listened to some really, really good ones. Um, but there's a great new one called Nice White Parents. 
and it is about uh, essentially the gentrification of public schools and white savior complex on full display um, in the podcast. And the reason why I bring up Emily, because Emily is like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to this podcast. It's great. Y'all know how it, by now, if you're still listening to this show, you kind of get how my mind works. Um, I do need to have Emily on the show, by the way. Uh, I think um, she, she might have to be the very first guest that I have on here because the intersection of, of racism and food access is so very real. And, and then it, and, and as you be, get more granular within the, in, within the food system, uh, I'm actually going to want to, I'm going to do, I'm going to probably do a series on, on food. Um, I obviously uh, want to talk to Emily Brown uh, with regards to um, just the, the intersection of race in, in, in food, food access. And especially as it relates to, um, you know, food as medicine um, and where we just see just the inequities um, that exist there. Um, and Anna Paradise, um, Anna, Anna Paradise, shout out to Anna Paradise. Anna, if you're listening, you are a chef. I don't care what you say. Okay. You are a chef. Um, I'm going to have her on to, um, and, um, Oxford comma catering is her comp, uh, her company. So if you're looking to cater an event, okay. Oxford comma catering, shout out. Um, you can find her. Ooh, I gosh, I'm going to butcher her IG. I think she might be Anna paradise or Anna R. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, we're going to talk food, but, um, nice white parents on uh, New York Times, which bought cereal. Um, uh, really good podcast, but it, that, that, I think that that's just as dangerous to me as the interpersonal racist Karens and and Chads that we um, that we see. Did you did you all know that the um, the couple, the St. Louis couple that looked like the Hamburglar? Uh, and washed up Barbie uh, that pulled the guns on the protesters. They're going to be speaking next week at the uh, Republican National Convention. And I'm sure Britt Hume will, will absolutely love them. Um, tonight, at the time, at night of the recording, um, this is a big night for Democrats. Back to us. Enough about them. Back to us. Um, Kamala Harris is speaking tonight and um i could i mean for kamala harris to be introduced by olivia pope tonight i mean how badass is that that's just i mean that's just awesome um shout out to carrie washington who is tonight's um mc kamala harris i mean this is just i don't know over the moon for her kamala harris is speaking and in her lead up this is who she's got speaking tonight she's got uh, my personal choice, my day one um, politician, Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, is speaking tonight uh, just ahead of, of Senator uh, Harris. Um, the one who should actually be president right now, um, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. You know, listen, shout out to Hillary Clinton. I First of all, I don't know... I'm not going to spend any more time on him. I just don't know how he's getting a primetime spot in the Me Too era. I don't know how Bill Clinton's getting a primetime spot, but um, 
the person who should be president, um, Secretary of State Clinton, uh, is speaking tonight. So I'm really excited to hear um, what she's got to say. And then, of course, President Barack Obama, the second best speech giver uh, in his family, um, speaking tonight. Um, it's just, yeah, we're going to be reminded, basically, I mean, one could, you could take this a couple ways. You could look at it as, um, this is a feel good night. Like this is where we're getting a list talent, or it could be one of those things that completely depresses you because you're like, how are we not in power right now when we had Hillary Clinton or, or how, you know, I mean, come on. Um, and then Obama just reminding us of what we had. Obama also just reminding us of just what civility and decorum looks like. Have you all seen? So I get it's Wednesday the 19th. And so this may be dated for some of you who are listening later. Um, the current president um, tweeted today not to buy he he went to twitter basically saying not to shop american so goodyear tires is like the number one american made tire brand in the country um i have uh actually i don't i have michelin tires um but he went on urging people to to boycott goodyear and apparently their sin is not allowing maga hats on, on the work floor because the MAGA hat is the akin to wearing a Confederate flag hat and it's problematic. Um, and it's, it's, it's his fault, right? Uh, but because they're, they don't want MAGA hats in the workplace, he's telling people not to buy American. So now he's encouraging people to, um, to undermine the American economy, which is something that he is, um, keen, um, to do. Um, it just seems like he just is, is, is committed. Um, what is the deal with going back to CNN? What is the deal with the, my, my pillow guy? So apparently the, my pillow guy has, uh, is invested in a company that has the secret elixir, uh, <laughs> to, to COVID-19 and, and Anderson Cooper, shout out to Anderson Cooper. I feel like Chuck Todd. Um, should have been taking notes, watching Anderson Cooper, um, just dismantle the my pillow guy, um, because my pillow guys like couldn't answer any questions with regards to evidence and what the studies show and all that stuff. Um, he should have been taking notes the way Melania was taking notes on Monday. Um, is there any doubt that Melania's speech is gonna sound almost exactly what? Michelle Obama's speech was on Monday, assuming, assuming Melania is there, of course, you know, even now, first lady Obama threw the best shade of the week. Melania was a very, very, it's almost like one in one a, have you seen the video? They're walking off the plane, Baron behind them looking like the next, you know, um, the next Russian basketball sensation, the dude has grown, right? Um, I'm sure he's emotionally stunned because he lives with a narcissist, but, um, 
Baron is like sprouted up. I I'm like waiting for him to to be in the NBA draft in 2021. Um, but Melania and and the president were walking down and and he's trying to do the thing where he grabs her hand because it's a little windy and he's probably just trying to hold her hand probably for him to be stabilized more than helping her. And she's clearly doing the jerk away, clearly doing the do not touch me <laughs> kind of thing. So I don't even know what the over under is that uh, that Melania will even give a speech uh, at the convention. Um, but I'm sure in Vegas, the the over under on her leaving as soon as the election results are in. It's pretty good. You're not going to get a good return on your money if you're betting on Melania to leave Donald. I mean, it's it's going to happen. I I, I I I don't know. Probably a negative 450. I, I'm not really a betting person. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, Trump just seems to be hell-bent on, on um, undermining this country. And so as the First Lady said, and, you know, vote like your life depends on it. Um, our democracy truly does. So please go out, uh, vote, make a plan. Find out how you're going to do it. Um, whether you're going to do mail-in, absentee, in-person, uh, find out if you can do that, if you're eligible, if you're registered, make a plan. And also, make sure the people around you uh, are also eligible and registered and have a plan. Just pick five people, check in on them, make sure they got a plan, because otherwise, the alternative just isn't even really a, a viable alternative. Um, and I was going to say, so, you know, I do a on this day in history, and as I did a, a cursory Google search right before I started recording, uh, I was just really just, I don't know, kind of knocked down by what happened on this day in history. So on this day in history in 1934, Germany voted for a referendum to install one Adolf Hitler as Fuhrer. And the vote margin was 90%. Hitler won that election with 90% of the vote. Um, two years later, 1936 on August 19th, Soviet officials began what is called as the Great Purge. And the Great Purge was that these officials were beginning to eliminate, and I'm using air quotes because you know I love to do that on, on, on podcasting, um, real and perceived enemies of one Joseph Stalin. Does that sound familiar? I think when they say eliminate, they mean I think they mean like in the in the mob terms. Like I think there was a lot of house painting going on there. Shout out to um, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. It's unfortunate that it took this long for them to be on screen again after Heat. I mean. Heat is the greatest heist movie of all time. I, I think that Heat is the saving private Ryan of heist movies. Like, after, I mean, I love the bank job. Or was it the Italian job? The Italian job was fun, right? Um, but Heat, on a whole different level, it's too bad that it took the... And the Irishman was just too long, man. And what was with the, the CGI stuff? Like, I mean, the the young Robert De Niro, like, stomp it out. I mean, <laughs> it was, yeah, pretty bad. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah. So, lots of lots of fascism um, on this day in history. Um, 
not at all related. I referred to him earlier. Um, today is Bill Clinton's uh, birthday. He's, um, what is he, 74? 74 now? I think that's right. Um, no, that can't be right. Yeah, 74. 74. Um, Bill Clinton, not a fascist. Just probably R. Kelly-ish. Um, and I swear, I'm not trying to do a fascist theme here. Google went public on this date in, in 2004. And I remember it went public. And I remember reading about it, and, but not really knowing how to invest. And man, oh my God. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I sure wish I had, uh, I had done that. But yeah, this, on this day, um, uh, uh, August 19th, those, those things did happen. And there were all sorts of other things that happened, um, like in, you know, the 18th and 19th century, but I just didn't, I didn't feel like going, going back that far. Um, and just real quick before I, before I go, um, I know a lot of your, a lot of you have um, students who are either gone away to school. You've got students who have probably started virtual learning. And maybe you have some uh, who have started practice and getting ready to start um, either in school or some sort of hybrid instruction. I just want to just give a shout out, A, to you parents, okay? For what, however you made your decisions and whyever you made your decisions, just know that I support you. And I just want to give a really, really special shout out to all of the teachers, all of the educators out there. Um, we are so grateful for you. And I know I know it doesn't do anything for you um, in this crazy trying time that you're in. But just know that we see you and 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 we appreciate you here um, at the Uninvited. Um with that, folks, I'm I'm just I'm just gonna close it out, and uh, I want to send you off with uh, a little bit of goodness that started my day um, this morning. So I just uh, with all the teachers, I I want to give a shout out to Miss Wilson and Miss Evans. I can't remember what school they're at, but Google Miss Wilson, Miss Evans on Twitter. Uh, do a search on Twitter. Don't Google them on Twitter because you don't really do that. But go to Twitter. Search them out. It'll make your day, I promise. Um, hey, thanks for joining us. Remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe to the Uninvited Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Brand new year and I'm locked in. As far as this teaching go, I am unreachable. I'm number one in your top Let's 10. Go. Yes, goodness. Then popping. Soon as you're in new school, you're dropping. No COVID-19. Ain't worried about a thing when the economy ain't no stopping. Ain't. I can teach a class with red. This drip hard. Go ahead. Take a picture on your and you know Miss Williams go wild. Yeah. Talk to school, I'm a fool with the listen. Come along with me, I serve as a blessing. Class is a session, and we just progressing. Success is the topic, and passes the message. Woo. Woo. My school is the best, there's no competition. We at the top, no switching positions. The world number one, tornado, let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's get it. yeah. 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 I said that green, that go, that green, that go, that green, that go. Tornado, let's go.